Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that Hi there, ladies. May God bless you in your home today and fill you with joy as a mother. Well, of course, I'm sure you're filled with the joy of the Lord because if Christ dwells in you, his joy dwells in you. And our joy is not really determined on our circumstances. It's determined on the truth that Christ, who is all joy, dwells in us. So even if you're feeling despair, Despondent and just kind of down in the dumps. Well, you don't have to listen to your feelings. I know that's easy to say and not so easy to do, but I know because I've been there and I remember as a young mum so often just listening to my feelings, and feelings are usually negative. Well, they usually go toward the negative. And uh, I had to learn that if I was going to live by my feelings, I would live a pretty miserable life. And so I began to live not according to how I felt, not according to what was happening in my life and my circumstances, but according to God's truth. And the Word of God is a far greater truth than our feelings. The Word of God doesn't lie. The Word of God is a fact. And we can stand on it and we can live by it. And so I have learned, little by little, to walk uh, not just by how I feel, but as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Can I encourage you to live this way? Live according to what God says. Now today, I am rejoicing, and I'm rejoicing because of good news, not just because I'm walking in faith. I have such wonderful good news, and I only just heard this morning, and uh, Arden and Esther only found out last night that he is now free of cancer. We are rejoicing that he is healed. Oh, this is the most amazing news in the history of the world for us. For we have all prayed and believed and interceded and worshipped and hung on in faith and fought this battle with him and Esther for, well, how long is it now? Two and a half, nearly getting on three years. And um, so it's been a long, long battle. But 
now we, wow, it's just so unbelievable. Now, you may be getting this news a little bit later because we are recording a little bit ahead. Now, we have now sent out to you 13 uh, different episodes uh, of this podcast But today we are recording um, number 20. So we are a little bit ahead in case um, if Arden has to go away or if Colin and I have to go away, uh, we won't leave you in the lurch. You'll have episodes waiting. But if you haven't heard this news yet, you can rejoice with us You may remember uh, my sharing in Above Rubies, how it was just after Esther and Arden were married uh, that he got the news that he had this Hodgkin's lymphoma and then began our great battle, his great battle, but we were just so with him all the way. And now we rejoice at God's faithfulness, how we hang hung on to the promises of God. And there was one time in perhaps Arden's darkest time, and uh, we all gathered as a family for three months. It was over the summertime, and uh, for every night, for three months, for about 13 weeks, we all gathered. Many times there would be even 30 plus of us, just all the Hilltop family gathering together right down to the little babies. And uh, Serene's little one, Remy, was just a little baby. But um, everyone came. The children came. The children prayed. Everyone prayed. And we just hung on to God. And I printed out promises from the Word of God about him being our healer and the faithfulness of his word. And we pinned them all around the room. And as we would just walk around and pray, uh, we would could go to these promises printed up in big, bold letters, and we could just read them and claim them and pray them. And, and we were praying them in faith because what we were seeing was the total opposite of what we were reading in those promises, but we just kept hanging on in faith and uh, just hanging on and hanging on. And God has been so good. And Arden has been looking so well and so wonderful for so long now. And um, But now we have the official clearance that he is healed. So we just praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Now, uh, last time when I was talking with you, I had told you that I had 15 points about making an exciting home. And I actually forgot to tell you the last one, even though we've finished that subject now. But I must tell you because I don't like leaving anything out when I've told you something. And the last point, the 15th point was... Our home uh, can be a convalescent home. Sometimes we may have someone who is sick in our family and we are having to spend much time just 
um, ministering to them. Now, we have spoken about the healing home, but this is a little different again. This is when someone in the home is requiring convalescence. Maybe you have a child who has a special needs and it requires just so much of your time. And then some of you may be looking after older members of your family. And the Word of God is very plain about this. It does say that um, when we have older parents, that the children or the grandchildren are to look after them. This is what it tells us in First Timothy chapter 5, that it is our responsibility to care for our aged parents. And did you read uh, the story in the last above rubies, number 92? And I had this feature, Young People Speak Out. And uh, one of these beautiful young people was Gosha, and she wrote about looking after their grandmother in their home. And uh, if you haven't read it, just get out that above rubies again and read it. I love that it was written from a young person's point of view because her parents took their her mother, the um, the mother's mother, into their home and she was in her... 90s, maybe 80s when they took her in, but they cared for her right up to the very end. And it took lots of sacrifice, not only from Gosh's mother and her father, but from the children themselves. And they had to learn how to serve an older person and how to minister to their needs. And she tells of how that it was such a such a great blessing in uh, establishing her character and teaching her about life because this is part of life is caring for someone as they are nearing the end this is part of life and uh, so if you are in this situation I pray that God strengthens you helps you and I, I just want to encourage you that you are doing the very right thing. Some of you are wondering whether you need to do this. Well, do it, because it's what God wants us to do. Sadly, it doesn't happen in many homes today, because often um, not only the father, but the mother's out working, and they just are not in a position to bring in and care for an older person in their home, and they're put in these nursing homes. Oh, what a terrible thing for an older person to be in a nursing home. I mean, they don't have family around them. They don't have children around them. They don't have someone to really prepare nourishing and healing foods to just help them. They don't have the stimulation of family life. And you just watch them die. I just think it is so sad. I have to confess that I didn't care for my wonderful father as he was in his last months because we lived here in the States and so he lived with my brother and my sister-in-law and they had the privilege, oh, 
the privilege of caring for him. Uh, that year, I remember I flew down to New Zealand four times uh, to be with my father. Um, I was very close to him, and uh, it would have been the delight of my life to have had him in our home, but he wasn't able to come to America. He had to stay in New Zealand. But I must tell you a little thing about what happened at the end. I was there at the end and had flown down, and he was getting close to that time of going. And uh, my father was a very wonderful man and a very godly man. And I remember I was sitting by his bedside when his pastor came to visit him. And uh, the pastor said to my father, Ivan, he said, you know, you've lived a great life. You've served the Lord and, and uh, you're ready to meet him. We just give you that freedom to go into the arms of your Savior. And at that time, it sounded lovely. And I, I didn't really, I really wasn't aware of what was happening. In fact, it wasn't till I was back in the States and my father had passed away now and, and uh, we were with him as he passed away. Such a privilege to be with a loved one as they're going into the arms of Jesus. But I woke up one night and God just showed me that those words were not right. Because no one has the right to tell a person it's time to go. Or tell them, oh, you've got permission to go. You can go. You know, you don't have to be here any longer. And people will say that to someone who knows the Lord because they know they're going to be with Jesus. But at that, when I woke up that night, I knew those words were wrong. And I know these words are often said to people as they're getting closer to the end. So rather than them sticking around to the last, okay. And, and somehow, you know, auto-suggestion is very powerful. But I realized we have to be those who are pro-life from the beginning of conception or before conception. We are just for life. From, and from the beginning of life and even before the beginning of life, because we're open to life, we have to, as young couples, be open to life. It's more than just when life is conceived. No, it's before life is conceived. We are open to life. We are ready for life. We are waiting for life even before it is conceived. And then we are pro-life right to the very end. We are not saying, oh, you can go now. No, because it's only God who knows the moment when he will take that breath away. And I sense that even in my precious father's lingering days and hours, that although he wasn't able to talk, he was aware that we were there. And because he loved us, I believe he, he didn't want to go until Jesus took him because he just wanted that lingering 
with his family. He loved his family. There was never a father that so loved his family and loved his children. In fact, if you could say he had a negative in life, his negative was that whenever people came around, he would talk about his children and talk about how amazing they were. And he must have bored so many people off. But oh, goodness me, he just couldn't stop talking about his children. And then when we got married and then we had children, then he added all the grandchildren to his skiting list. That's what we call it down in New Zealand. If you're boasting about someone, you call it you're skiting about them. But this is this would have been his negative in life that oh everybody had to listen to him boasting about his children and boasting about his grandchildren. And so I sense that he was just he just wanted to linger. He wanted to just hear their voices. I'm sure he was hearing us, even though he couldn't speak. And so I believe right up to the very end we are to be for life. We let God be in charge. He is the one who takes them at the right moment. Amen? Okay. I want to uh, read you something else too. And this comes uh, just as a culmination of we were talking about building an exciting home. And this is just something I wrote years ago, about the kind of home we are building. Or the kind of home are we building? And I have written here, are we building an angry home or an anointed home? Are we building a boring home or a bountiful home? Are we building a cynical home or a celebrating home? Are we building a depressing home or a delightful home? Are we building an empty home or an encouraging home? A fretful home or a flourishing home? A grumbling home or a grateful home? A harassed home or a happy home? An impoverished home or an interesting home? A jaded home or a jubilant home? A killjoy home or a kind-hearted home? A legalistic home or a loving home? A mournful home or a merry home? A negative home or a nurturing home? An oppressive home or an overcoming home? A prayerless home or a prayer-filled home? A quarreling home or a queenly home? A rebellious home or a restful home? A sour home? Or a sweet home, a troublesome home, or a tender home, an unstable home, or a united home, a vexed home, or a virtuous home, a worrisome home, or a wonderful home, an exhausting home, 
or an exhilarating home. A yielded home. And are you zealously guarding over your home? Well, my precious mothers, I hope you're on the positive. I hope you are building all those wonderful positive things into your home. Well, precious ladies, at last I am answering some of your questions. And here we are at podcast number 20, and it's taken me all this time. I seem to have so many things I want to say to you. Uh, But anyway, some questions have been coming in, and I am saving them. And uh, you are welcome to email me at nancy at aboverubies.org. If you have other questions you'd like me to put on the list and we will gradually answer them. All right. Now, this lady uh, says, I have appreciated your comments on studying the Bible in the podcast. But can you tell me uh, what study tools you use? Well, yes, I'd love to do that. Now, the Bible that I use, ladies, and I am now onto my third Bible, this kind of Bible. It's called the Hebrew Greek Key Study Bible. So you can Google that if you are interested. The Hebrew Greek Key Study Bible. And You can get it in different versions. I love the King James Version. I am not a King James only, where I will only read the King James. But I do love the King James because I grew up with it. And so it's familiar to me. The language is so familiar and so beautiful. And I love it. So I read the King James every day. But I do refer to other versions, and I'm actually a connoisseur of different translations of the Bible, and I have a whole just row of them in my uh, library, and uh, often I will refer to them on a particular scripture I'm meditating on, and I will just see, well, you know, what are they saying? And sometimes I think, oh, goodness me, how do they say that? Other times, wow, that's just amazing. Uh, But then what I love to do best of all is go into the Hebrew or the Greek to see what the original really says. Now, uh, this Bible helps me to do that. It has the Strong's Concordance at the back of the Bible. It's amazing. It's not that big, but it has it there. I don't refer to that so much because I refer to that more on my iPhone. And I have an app which is called the Strong's Concordance. And it is the most wonderful app just called Strong's Concordance. But I can go to any word. I just put in the word and up it comes. And it gives me the Hebrew understanding of that word or the Greek. And then it lists every single word where that same original word is used in the Bible. Now, this is where it gets so exciting because, oh, I'm always amazed. 
It doesn't just say the same word. Um, say, I'm looking up. Goodness me, what could be a word that I'd be looking up? Overcome. Now, um, you put that word in and then, um, well, maybe for that word at all, it does say overcome, but many times it will give me about three or four or five or six or seven or eight or nine or even ten different words or phrases that the King James has translated for that same original word. And so it's amazing you begin to see all the words in the Bible where that word is used and it gives you so much more understanding. It is amazing. So I love my strong concordance on my iPhone and I use my iPhone more for studying the Bible than I do for anything else. In fact, if you were ever to message me, you'd most probably not get an answer because I ever forget to even look at my messages. Now, back to this uh, Hebrew-Greek study Bible. Um, it is edited by Spirus Zodiacs, if you're checking it more. Now, as I'm reading through the Bible, I will see um, the, the Strong's number, because you know how in the Strong's Concordance, every word has a number. Now, if that number is in bold, that means I'll be able to look it up at the back of this Bible in the lexicon. Now, when I look at it in the lexicon, I get far more understanding than in the Strong's Concordance because it just elaborates more on that word. Okay, let's try, for example, I'm just opening my Bible like a flick trick. Um, that makes me think of my daughter, Serene. She loves the Word of God. But sometimes she said, oh, Mum, I'm naughty sometimes. Sometimes I'm just needing a word from God. and So I'll just open my Bible randomly and look and see if God will speak to me. I think she must be one of God's pets because... It seems that every time she does that, God speaks to her and she calls it the flick trick. But anyway, she doesn't mainly do that because every day she reads the word. Anyway, here's my opening up to wherever it is. And it's, and it's Psalm 26, 7. And it says that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and publish Oh, it's got a bold number here. So let me see. H-O- Goodness me, I've got my glasses on and I still don't know whether it's a six or a five. Yes, I think it's an or an eight. Eight oh eight five. Okay, over the back to my lexicon. Eight oh eight five. Let's see if I can find it here. You'll hear the turning of the pages. Eight oh eight five. Okay. Another grandson has just walked in here to my lounge. This is where we're recording. Arrow, have you ever used the Strong's Concordance? You haven't? Well, just listen in and hear how to study the Bible. It is so exciting. So I'm going, I don't know how people can just not do this. I couldn't live without this Bible and without my, uh, you know, app on my iPhone, it just makes the Word of God so exciting. Every 
today I am just seeing new and wonderful things as I look up these words to see what they really mean. And of course, you get the blessing because I'm always sharing them with you, aren't I? 8085. So therefore, if you haven't got time to do this, looking after your little baby and your little toddlers and your other children, well, don't worry. You just just try and just read the word as you can. If you are a young mum, oh, I know what it's like. It's so hard to get time to set aside, but you can put a open Bible in the toilet. You have to go there every now and then throughout the day. Have it open at Psalms or Proverbs, and you can just get a little snippet as you are there. Put your Bible on your windowsill. Oh, I did that right through the raising of our children. And there was my Bible. Open at either Psalms or Proverbs where you can just easy to take one scripture and I could look up and get something. I don't have it on my windowsill today because this house doesn't even have a windowsill above my kitchen sink. And I keep dreaming of one day if maybe I ever get another home, I've got to make sure I've got a ledge on the windowsill where I can have my Bible. I notice my daughter Pearl, she has her Bible on her windowsill. It's there every day open. And um, Serene, I notice now she has with her little baby, she finds the best way when I go over to visit her. And she has um, uh, her laptop and quite a big screen. And she has the Bible in large print. And uh, she just pulls it up. And when she's sitting nursing Solly, she can turn it on and just read the large print. And uh, so that's how she finds she can just get it. Okay, well, my talking, and I'm still looking up, what is it? 8085. We're getting to it. Actually, it doesn't take this long, just because I'm talking. 8085. Wow, I can't believe that. Is that actually, is that truly? I better just check this because this is interesting because I know what this Hebrew word is. Eight, oh, is it six? Yes, it is 8085. And 8085 is Shema. And that word means to hear, to listen with attention and obedience, to give undivided listening attention. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? It even means to eavesdrop, to overhear. But it always talks about when you hear that you obey. And uh, it's very interesting that that's the word that's used here in that scripture I just picked up. Um, Just going back to it. I will, uh, yes, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Well, that means I will hear them first. So we've got new understanding. I will hear and I'm going to listen, but not only listen and obey, and uh, I'm going to tell everybody about them too. Isn't that wonderful when we hear a revelation from God? We don't keep it to ourselves. We publish it. Yes, 
publish it, tell it, let everybody know. In fact, there's another um, Hebrew word I've just been looking at recently, and it's um, sefer. Uh, yes, and it, it's it. Sometimes it's translated show forth or tell, but it is the same word. And this is what you find out when you look up that app in the Strong's Concordance. And I looked it up because I was looking up what it meant to tell and to show forth the works of the Lord. And then I read all these words, scribe, scribe, to write. It's the same word that is used for a scribe who writes things down to publish them. And so that word, um, and sometimes it's translated publish, it's not only to tell through our mouths, but to write it down and publish it. And do you know what, ladies? You can do that every day. When God gives you a wonderful scripture, well, write it down. It's wonderful to have a little book. I've always kept journals right throughout uh, my life and not to write what I'm, well, I wish I had time to write my life story, but I don't have time. But I keep a journal to write what God says to me. When I see a scripture that, oh, it speaks to me, it's a wonderful promise or it's a challenge or it's revelation to my soul, I write that scripture down and then I begin to write what God is saying to me about it. Now, when I had lots of little children, three and 17 months, four under four and so on, I didn't have time to write all these wonderful things God was saying to me about the scripture. All I do is if I could write the scripture, that was all I could do. But I would write that. But today, many of you are on social media. You're on Facebook. Do you know that you can use your Facebook, not just for all the mundane waste of time stuff, you can use it to publish God's truth. When you get a good scripture, when you get a wonderful revelation, just write it on Facebook and send it out to all your friends. That's what the Bible says we're to do, to publish his truth, publish his word, publish his wonderful works. And if you haven't got time to get any yourself, go on to the Above Ruby's Facebook, find some of my good posts that challenge and bless you and post them and share them with all your friends so we can keep getting the message out. Amen? Okay, so... Now, I use the Strong's app on my iPhone and I use this wonderful Bible. I take it wherever I go. And now I'm wearing out my third Bible and uh, they are such a blessing. All right. So how's our time, Arden? Wow. Goodness me. I was ready to give you another really exciting question, but time has gone. So sorry. Let's pray. Oh, precious Father, we thank you so much for your precious word, that we have your word. We we have it freely in this country. Help us to appreciate it and to realize it's like gold. It's treasure. It's filled with revelation. It's God's word personally to us. And I pray that, Lord God, your precious word will become real to every mother, 
and wife listening, every daughter listening. And Father, I pray for the young mums who've got their little ones round, that you will help them to be proactive and putting their Bible in places where they can get it throughout the day, where they nurse their baby or or wherever they go, so they can get just little bits of your word. For those who are in a different season and are older and their children have grown, I pray that you'll give them such a heart to get into your word rather than doing all the other vain things of this life. And Lord, as you show them your precious truths, that they will speak them and write them and publish them. Lord, we need an army of women just publishing your truth and your works out today through social media. It seems that this is a way that the word goes out today. Help us to be faithful to get your word out rather than all the deception that is out there today. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And ladies, a little final word as we close. In one of my podcasts, I shared with you how we are a mighty army. God speaks in Psalm 68, verses 11 and 12, about the mighty, mighty. And that's the word he uses, mighty, powerful. That word also means multitudinous. It's not a few women. It's a mighty army of women, multitudes of women in the home. But they are publishing, proclaiming the works of the Lord. You can do it from your home. You've most probably on Facebook or something or Instagram. Use it to proclaim the works of the Lord, to publish his truth. Don't waste it on other things. Amen. Love you.